Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. And the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon out on vacation. He'll be back next week. Something that our next guest is uh, very familiar with, Gordon's vacationing patterns. Uh, Out to The Zone phone we go. Former co-host right here on The Big Show. Uh, Made several uh, stints hosting sports radio here in Salt Lake City. He's currently the program director at WBAP. In Dallas, he's our good friend Kevin Graham. Hi, Kevin. Jakester, how the heck are you, my friend? I'm good. You know, I, I'm good. How are you? Good. Is Gordon's already fifth, sixth week of vacation already, and then we're only in April? Or? Uh, well, I, I got to tell you, over the uh, the pandemic, Gordon's vacation pattern has been altered, and now that uh, oh, he's yeah, yeah, yeah now that yeah. he's been jabbed a couple of times, he's he's getting out there. It's all good for him. You know, it's been that kind of year, my friend. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody deserves a vacation after what we've all gone through over the past year plus, no doubt. I think he could have picked uh, another date uh, that was not on the week my babies do, but, you know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, hey, congratulations on that, my friend. <laughs> yes. You know, that'll be good. I can't I can't wait to have another little, little jakester running around or... Wait, is it a boy or girl yet? Did you figure that out yet or no? We don't know. We're going to be surprised. Oh, you're going to be surprised? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good luck, man. As long as he or she is healthy, that's all that matters. Absolutely. 100%. And, uh, you know, you have twins. We are not having twins. We do know that. And I am I am grateful. I don't think, you know, Kevin, because uh, your girls are amazing and they're off to college and they're doing incredible things. I don't know how you raised twins. I don't. Uh, it would have been just so hard. Yeah, it's just, it's you know, anybody that has twins, it's a blur. You just kind of, you kind of roll with it. You know, the, the early years are complete blur. Then it kind of gets easier because then they always have a playmate. So then, you know, they can kind of keep themselves occupied. So, you know, then it's like, ah, oh, whatever, girls, go have a good time. And then, yeah, somehow they turned out all right, thank God. Uh, <laughs> with me as their dad, I don't know how the heck that happened. Hey, but it's all good. Don't sell yourself <laughs> short. You you take credit yep. for uh, the, the success of your children. They're amazing. You, you say, thank yeah, you. that's right. Thank Chip off the old that. block. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, the, you, of course, uh, we have a number of things we can talk about with you, Kevin. Yep. I know you you follow, even though you're in the news world, you follow sports, of course, closely. You're a big sports fan. But you are also the most uh, long-suffering Jets fan that I know. And since the Jets are relevant here in, uh, mm-hmm. in Salt Lake, we thought we'd get you on to, to see what kind of fit Zach Wilson would be for your Jets, Jets, Jets. 
Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I, first off, I think it's outstanding because, you know, now after all those years of being ridiculed by those of, you know, people that would listen and call in in Utah because, you know, as you know, I would share my emotions on my sleeve about my Jets. Um, and usually they were always negative. Um, you know, now you're going to be a part, you know, now whether you're a Zach Wilson fan or BYU fan, you, you will be following the Jets. And I welcome you to my miserable world now. And it, it's just, it's going to be outstanding that everybody will be able to appreciate it. But um, I think the context is, is that how bad this franchise is. And in one way to put it out there is that I, I read this the other day, Jake. Joe Namath, of course, is our all-time greatest quarterback in Jets history. Won the Super Bowl in Super Bowl three, you know, 1969. I wasn't born yet. And, uh, and he played the Jets until 1976, all right? So, so check this stat out that I read. When Zach Wilson goes under center, and he will start this year, obviously. I mean, he's the number two pick to take the quarterback. He's starting. When he goes under center, in the 45 years since Joe Namath left the Jets, he will be the 35th starting quarterback. Wow. So 45 years, <laughs> 35 different starting quarterbacks. No offense, and again, I, I pray to the football gods that Zach Wilson will finally cure the Jets' ills, and, and we will, he will lead us to the promised land. But reality is, no, he's going to quarterback hell, and he is going to survive, and we'll probably have you know, our 36th starter in a couple years. So that's that's How's my that? that's my concern, Kevin. Is the the Jets honestly? Even if they did hire a competent general manager, what was that last year? And I know people are saying good things about him, and you know we'll see how this new head coach uh, turns out. But my my fear for Zach, Kev, is that the Jets have such a long way to go. He's not going to really get a fair bite of the apple. I mean, you look at Justin Herbert with the Chargers. The Chargers had a good team. They put him with yeah. with weapons and, oh, yeah. and an opportunity. To to succeed, my fear is is the Jet, Jets have such a long way to go that he's not going to stand a chance. Look, BYU's offensive line is better than the Jets' offensive line. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I, I would rather take literally if, if the Jets would just draft BYU's offensive line, we that would be better for Zach Wilson. Now, last year, to Joe Douglas's credit, the general manager who seems competent, seems like he knows what he's doing, but then again, I've seen that before. You know, he did draft Beckton. This dude's like nine feet tall and weighs like 800 pounds. And if he can stay healthy, he's, he's going to be a really good left tackle. But that's it. I mean, other, other than that, it's patchwork. And so, you know, not only are they going to have to draft Zach Wilson, but they better draft a couple offensive linemen. And you're right. I mean, he's going to need help. And, and, you know, it's obviously one of the big things about Zach that everybody talks about is his great strength is his, you know, you know, he can improvise, he can run around, he can make plays. Well, he's going to be doing a lot of that with the Jets because he ain't going to get a lot of protection. But the other problem with it, Jake, is, you know, and this is what, you know, one of the reasons Sam Darnold failed, there's no weapons. I mean, you know, the Jets are heralding, uh, they signed Corey Davis this past year, you know, wide receiver from Tennessee. He's like their number one wide receiver. You know, and he was a good wide receiver, but I don't think he's a number one. But, you know, if you look at Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole, who they, I think they signed from Jacksonville, Denzel Sims, who was a second-round pick a year ago from Baylor, who has some promise, uh, but he was injured most of last year. I mean, he doesn't have any weapons to throw. We don't have a running back. We don't have a true starting running back at this point that he can hand the football to. So, you know, I mean, I, I love his confidence. I know he's a football nerd. That's why Joe Douglas loves him. That's why Robert Sala, the coach, loves him. That's why all us Jets fans seem to like him. But if you don't have any pieces around you, man, you are – you're in trouble. 
So, you know, somehow they're going to have to they're going to have to assemble. You know, they're going to have to they have a lot of draft picks in uh, this year and next year, and they got to make them all work, or at least make you know strategic trades to trade up or trade down to get more picks or to go target players that they can help Zach Wilson uh, develop. You know, the, I think the only advantage Zach Wilson has over Darnold is that the coaching staff with Sala, the offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, um, they're getting high grades, and everybody seems very encouraged, you know, with them. And LaFleur's offense, you know, bringing that kind of West Coast offense into play. Um, you know, when Darnold was drafted, you know, the Jets hired the worst head coach in the history of the football in Adam Gaze, you know, and so, you know, he didn't even have a coach. And, of course, again, be prepared for this, BYU fans, for the unexpected. You know, Darnold then also became the first NFL player in history that missed games because of mono. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, just just be prepared for the unexpected. But to your point, he just doesn't have he just doesn't have any players around him. And I just hope he can I just hope he can learn and stay in one piece in his first season. Kev, I know you're there in the Lone Star State, but I also know you keep an eye on uh, the Salt Lake sports team, uh, the scene. And I know you know Kalani Satake and Coach Roderick and uh, have some history with those guys. You know, with that in mind, what are, what are your thoughts on the meteoric rise of Zach Wilson and his career trajectory? I mean, I think he got healthy you know, last year, wasn't it? I mean, he had, yeah. he had the issues a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I watched the majority of BYU games this past year. It's kind of fun to follow them uh, you know, from afar, and obviously they had a great season. Um, you know, and he, he was on it. You know, he, he, you know, he had the, the coaching staff. I, man, I commend the coaching staff, you know, for what they were able to do. I commend Zach Wilson on the work he put in, you know, reading the stories of, you know, driving, you know, during, during the COVID time to, to, to work with John Beck. And, I mean, you know, he, he's just he's studious. I mean, I, he just got – he has all the credentials to be a great NFL quarterback. Um, you know, I guess the downfall is, is – you know, and people hate to hear that in Salt Lake, but, you know, and, and, and again, I credit even Tom Olmo for, for putting a schedule together, but, you know, it wasn't the greatest schedule. They didn't play, you know, a ton of high-profile teams, obviously. Um, you know, the Coastal Carolina game being, being the one loss. But, um, you know, overall, you know, I, you, how, what can you say about the kid? I mean, he had an outstanding season. He did everything he was supposed to do. And, you know, credit to the coaching staff, him and the program, to put himself in a position that, you know, he's going to be the number two overall pick tomorrow night. It's just sad he's going to be picked by by Jets, but he's at least going to be the number two overall pick. Uh, Kevin, I, I, I want to, uh, you know, talk about some other things with you. I want to stick with college football, though. And now that, uh, you know, give us a little bit of an a- outsider's perspective on the Pac-12 as it currently stands as a football conference. You know, we see all the stories out there expanding the playoff. And, uh, you know, the Pac-12 is looking for a new commissioner, and it's a little bit in disarray. But is is the Pac-12 laughed at by the rest yeah. of the country as much as it kind of seems? Yeah, yeah. In Texas, it doesn't exist. I mean, you know, I mean, it's. It's all about the SEC, you know, with Texas A&M and the SEC, and it's all about the Big 12, you know, with TCU and Texas, obviously, in the Big 12. So um, the Pac-12, you know, and this is the way it's always been. You know, all those years I would go to Salt Lake and then leave and end up, you know, in the East or whatever. I mean, people just don't respect the Pac-12, and usually I would try to defend it, but you really can't defend that conference over the past few years. I mean, it's been a cluster. Uh, finally, they made the right move in, in getting the, the commissioner out of there, but but it's really up to the individual programs to start, you know, assembling some high-profile nationally, you know, teams, teams that can compete nationally, and that just hasn't happened. So it's really hard to give the Pac-12 any respect when, you know, they're not out there consistently winning the big games. Now, granted, this past year was stunted because of COVID, but, 
But, you know, again, you know, I mean, but, you know, it, that even helped the Pac-12 because here are all the schools in the South are playing football and the Pac-12 are, you know, I don't know what they were doing. They're playing, you know, yeah, we're going to play. No, we're not going to play. Then they're going to play and they played, what, five or six games. So, um, yeah, they, they're, there's, not a, there's not a ton of respect for the Pac-12. And, and quite frankly, they don't deserve it right now and it'll take a franchise or take a, a program, whether it's Utah or whether it's USC again or someone to step up and actually beat some of these teams uh, that they just haven't been able to beat the last few years. Kevin, are you, are you a fan of uh, the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I'm sorry, what was that again? Are you a fan of uh, the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I've got an analogy for you. Yeah. I want to talk to you about the oh, college yeah, football yeah, playoff. Yeah, definitely. I just right. see every episode, but every time I stumble upon it, I laugh a there, lot. There's this one episode where uh, Dee gets a cat stuck in her wall. And, uh, and and Charlie comes over to help her get the cat out of the wall, and, and Charlie comes up with any number of solutions, but they all involve putting more cats into the wall. So she ends up, you know, long story short, she ends up with like 20 cats in her wall when she started off with one. So you're you're a, you're a smart guy, and, and ever since I've known you, which is a long time now, you've always had all of the answers. And, uh, you know, I see Stuart Mandel reports today in The Athletic that uh, the college football is headed for a double-digit team playoff, maybe 12, maybe 16-team playoff in college football. And I would love to get to the point where we stop talking about putting more cats in the wall. So what number, what number do we have to get to where people will just be satisfied with it and, and stop meddling? Do we have to go to, to 40 cats, 60 cats? In college basketball, we're still talking about going to like 120 cats. So how many cats need to be in the wall until we decide that this, this is enough cats for the foreseeable future? That's a great question. Um, and I, I've always been a proponent, and as you know me, I'm kind of a, I, I, you know, I came from Central Michigan, love my Chippewas, I, I, I love the underdog. I, I think whatever amount of teams it takes to make sure every conference winner, that includes the Big Five and the, and the other five, you know, and then, you know, what is that? I don't know, I can't, even, I can't even count off the top of my head. I'm driving at the moment, so I can't count how many conferences that is. But whatever amount of teams that is, then add add some uh, add some you know at wills or at large that's where BYU can come and play with an independent and all that and there there's your tournament and then seed them up and let them play that way the little guy has a shot let's face it in football you know they may win one you're not going to get the little guy on a consistent base ever probably winning a national title but do that that includes everybody everybody gets a piece of the pie everybody gets money everybody's happy. And then we can just leave it alone and move on and not have to talk about this anymore. <laughs> that's just, that's all I want. I just want to get to that point where we're, we're just going, you know what? This is good. We're good for a decade or two. Like we can stop arguing about this. Uh, cats in the wall. All right. I, I do want to, uh, I did, what's that? No Kevin? Can, I said no one can complain then because then everybody gets a chance. But the problem is, as you know, the big five control everything yeah. and they don't want to give up the piece, the pieces to anybody else. And so, you know, in the end, it'll still tick people off. It always does. You know, it just, it's just the world. Who knows what's going to happen in college football? Everybody's going to start getting paid. Everything going on post-COVID. I mean, programs are in trouble financially. I mean, it's, it, it's you know, we could talk about this, but I think there's some bigger problems that the college football is going to be facing. Yeah, I think you're right. I want to ask you about the Jazz. While we have you, uh, Kev, you're down there in Mavs country, of course, but uh, the Jazz are having their best season in a couple of decades. I know that the last couple of games haven't gone their way and they have some injury issues, but give us your, your take on the Jazz and if you think they're uh, legitimate contenders. 
Uh, you know, obviously you guys fall in closer than I do. I can only see them when they come on on national TV or whatnot. But I'm impressed. I mean, I think they have some stars, finally. I think Mitchell's a star in the making, Gobert. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with how they've assembled the team. I'm impressed with the coaching. I think injuries, as you just mentioned, are the issues that they're struggling right now. Uh, I think I read what Conley's going to be out now, too, in addition to uh, yeah. Mitchell being out. Yep. Um, I think, you know, if, if Mitchell's coming back May 1st, that's still true. That gives them nine games to try to get back together. And, and you know, to me, Jake, that's what it is. I mean, you've got to get healthy, and you've got to be playing your best basketball as you head into the second season. You know, And I think it's great right now. I know they're just clinging to the one seed, basically. Um, you know, I, I think they have an advantage, finally. They can go in and have home court, at least in the first round, for sure. Probably the second round as well. Um, and then, to me, then, it's all happening. You know how these playoffs go, man. It's, it's All right, getting in, who you're matching up with, uh, it's coaching, it's adjustment, uh, you know, it's a mental game, you know, you, you know, is a player going to break down and cry in the middle of a playoff season like we saw with Karolinko several years ago? I mean, you've got, you got so many wild cards that come into play once you get in the playoffs. My only concern with the Jazz and that this isn't the year is the fact that they don't have that experience of battling it deep into the playoffs. So I think was it the last two years, I believe they've been bounced out of the first round, and last year was kind of weird because of COVID. But, but that's what they don't have, which means they don't have that experience. So when they get to the second or third round and may have to be matched up with the Clippers or the Lakers or whoever, can they, are they, are they battle-tested at that point? Because they haven't really been in that spot with this team that they have assembled. So that's what I want to see. They may be a year away. I mean, they may be one year away before we can say they're, to me, full-blown can win a title. But... I, I can't. I can't really criticize with the way the way they've assembled that team, the way they put it together. I, I I hope for Jazz fans' sake. You know, I've always said this, even though I've been critical of the Jazz and everything else. You know, in the past. You know, if any fan base deserves a title, it's the Jazz fan base because they're loyal. They're there. Um, I do think they're on the right track. I really do. But I just don't know if they're battle tested yet to to win a win a big time playoff series deep in the playoffs. Kev, last thing before we let you go, and I'm going to blindside you with a, a non-sports-related radio question, and uh, maybe I'm the only one who finds this interesting, but two-part, what's it been like for you going from programming sports stations to programming a news station, and what's it like programming a news station in today's hyper-partisan world? Uh, it's, um, let's see, as I joke with people, I turn, in, uh, I turn in the toy store, which is sports, for covering, you know, death, destruction, pandemics, and politics. So um, it's a little more intense. Uh, you know, sports fans, as you know, can be crazy and be really passionate about their teams, but in the end, it's usually just sports. Well, in, in the talk format and news world, man, it's, it's, it's personal, as you know. You know, you get in debates with people about politics or whatever. You shouldn't, and, uh, and that's what uh, I deal with on a, on a day-to-day basis. But, but I will say it's rewarding. Is, you know, you know, especially when you're covering like major weather stories, and you got, you know, big news stories that are happening. You know, people rely on you for their information. Um, you, you do a lot for the, you know, we do a lot for the community. So I, I do, I do enjoy that end of it. Um, but it, it's definitely a lot more tense. Now I will say this: since Trump went out of office, and again, I don't care about anybody's politics. Heck, I'm independent. Uh, and Biden has taken over. Things have calmed down a lot. I will say that. Um, you know, let's say Biden. We went from one of the more uh, Aggressive, you know, you know, create topics every single day, like 10 topics a day to a president that creates like zero topics a week. So it's been a little quieter. I will say that. But uh, sports probably a little more fun. But but I do I do find a, a lot of um, gratification in, in what we do, you know, in the news talk format as well. 
I lied. I have one more thing for you. I remember. Uh, I will remember. Oh, we tease Austin for having bad luck, and he does. But but you also uh, tend to have some bad luck. And I remember when you moved back to Salt Lake from Phoenix, and we had one of the worst winters on record. Uh, just because Kevin moved back, and he was so soft. I mean, he was just Phoenix. Just made him into a just a soft human when it came to weather. Then you go to uh, what Massachusetts, Kevin, where it's rough out there. But now you've been in Texas for a few years. Uh, have you? Um, what would happen if you came back here during the winter? Uh, well, I mean, if you remember, at least at least in Salt Lake, everyone knows how to handle winter. Like in Texas, you know, was it a month or two ago? Oh, yeah. We had the Arctic storm yeah. that hit Texas. And we literally, as a state of Texas, and that's a big state, we were five minutes away from the entire state going to a blackout. So I will, I will say, yes, we don't get winter often, but when we do, yeah, we, we don't really know how to handle it in Texas. And so I, I do miss the ability that at least it snows and it's cold in Salt Lake that, you know, you can, you can have power for the most part and still get around where in Texas, man, it, it just shuts down. So. But, but it is warmer in Texas, I will say that. You know, we do get a lot more warm days than we do cold days. So I am, I am pleased about the weather in that regard. But I, I'm but embarrassed. Yeah. I, I should not have made that joke because uh, what you're talking about a couple months ago, that was terrible. People, yeah. people now, had a tough time. Now, man, that was I'm awful. Not gonna lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. That week that happened, I was actually at the beach, and so I missed all that week. But, <laughs> but, but you know, I made it back okay. <laughs> so, so you are lucky after all. That's not bad. You, you, one time in my life, you, my friend. One you time Ted, in my life. <laughs> you Ted Cruz that thing, man. You were, you were good to go. I know. <laughs> but here's the problem. I wasn't lucky because I had to work the entire week because, you know, everybody was yeah. crazy and I had, to, I had to help, you know. So, yeah. So, anyways. But at least I was working from the beach, so that was, that was a positive. Absolutely. Well, hey, Kevin, we miss you around here, buddy. Thank you very much for, for jumping on with us. And I know you love the NFL draft, so so enjoy it. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, if, if Zach plays like he did at BYU, you'll have a good one there in New York. Uh, I hope so. Can I help Can I help BYU Zach Wilson fans real quick? Can, can, yes. Are you ready yes, for this, please. Uh-huh. Okay, I know you probably have a clock, and I know I'm, you know, whatever. It's all, all right. right. Uh, I want to help, help all those fans with the Jets chant because it's really complicated, okay? So what you first do is you spell the word Jets. So if you don't know how to spell it, Google it. So it, so you start, you take Manasseh, maybe you can help me here. You start and you go J-E-T-S. All right, that's how you start that's the it. Okay. And then the triple part is to put those words together as Jets, and then you got to say it three times in a row. So then it's Jets, Jets, Jets. So here we go, everybody. Ready? All right. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. All right. There you go. Pretty simple. Where you go? I just wanted to help BYU with fans out and Zach Wilson fans on how the Jets chant will go. And by the way, we say it whenever something good happens, because only about one or two good things happen a game. So there you go. <laughs> and by the way, you make that you you mentioned clocks. Do you forget who the normal co-host on this show is? I mean, clocks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. You're the best, buddy. You're the best, man. Great miss you, brother. Good luck with the uh, birth of your child. Thanks, Kevin. Means a lot. Uh, our friend Kevin Graham, um, who's uh, down in Dallas, he's the program director, news station, big time Jets fan, um, longtime sports voice here in this market, and and truly we. We uh, we always liked to tease Kevin when he was here, but one of the uh, one of the great minds in radio and uh, uh, terrific terrific human being. So big thanks to 
Kevin, for jumping on with us. And yeah, I, you know, uh, BYU fans and Kevin Graham are going to have something to identify over. Yuck. Which seems seems strange. What world is this? Seems strange. I hadn't really thought about that. If I were a BYU fan, I 100% would not be rooting for Zach Wilson to go number two because then you'd kind of have to cheer for the Jets. And you got to like Kevin Graham. And you, you've got to... Yeah, or at least have a common interest. You're going to be on social media with Kevin every Sunday. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that for a second. That's a pocket of sunshine. And his Chad Pennington jersey. <laughs> Bowling for the Jets uh, to get their second win of the season. All right. <laughs> Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is it. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.